Oh my gosh, it's episode 41 of Hotline League. It is going to be a good one because Mark is salty, whiny, and cringy on the, at the starting off the show. He's he's coming off an analyst desk. He was he was talking about some tiebreakers, and now he's going to whine a ton. So you're going to get that. But not just him. We've also got Tony on the show. Tony from CLG. Well, <laughs> not anymore. We're going to talk to him about that and what his future is. All that and more starting right now. Starting right now. Hotline League is brought to you by Omen by HP. And we're back. The show is starting. Before I get into... Oh, interesting, Tony. Everybody's just freaking out in Twitch chat from that opening. Uh, Mark, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. A little tired. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work. Yeah? And uh, it's really sad because WoW came out right as I got really busy. Yeah. So, been a little rough, but other than that, great. We have the tiebreakers today that didn't decide shit. <laughs> they were they Good they, times. they drew in the exact order they ended. We could have just drawn and moved on. I I would have uh, I would have gone there and interviewed people, but I just I literally didn't know what I would talk to people about. Okay, so yeah. Think- I don't think the players cared. They played really bad today. Everyone played terrible today. Really? Well, I mean, like, I shouldn't say they didn't care, but, like, you could feel that it was like, this is not what they usually play like. Shout yeah. out to uh, Eric, just Twitch Prime subbed. He was the guy that called me a little bit ago. Uh, Tony is also here. Tony, how you been? It's been a couple weeks since we've heard from you. Oh, I've been great. Yeah? I, uh, yeah, I've, I've just been uh, relaxing. I get a early off-season. Early off-season. Um, yeah. Could, is there no chance for you to tag in? No, there's no chance for me to tag in, but that's okay. Okay. You well, get, you get only a little earlier than the team, though. Yeah, two two weeks. But two but weeks. you can't. So you can't join a different team as a coach or an analyst. Uh, so if I was to join a different team, uh, I could technically be the head coach of like even a team that goes to Worlds, but I wouldn't be recognized by Riot as the head coach, so I could never go on stage. Okay, so you couldn't technically be the head coach. So I, yeah, so I couldn't be recognized by Riot, but I could technically be the head coach. How could you technically be it if they won't recognize it? It's the opposite of technically. By the organization, I would be recognized as the head coach, but not by Riot. Yeah, I think, I think Riot just said so, yeah. Not whatever. Anyway. But you hey, could yeah, you, you could be a consultant or an analyst or like yeah. there are teams out there who really respect you and would be potentially wanting to pick you up right now to help give them a boost in playoffs. Yeah. Is that there is um there's been interest in certain teams. I'm not gonna say which ones, but okay. there has been interest like for that. Are you going to, are you consider like, do you want to just take the rest of the season off or does that interest you? Uh, I'm pretty open to everything right now to like see, um, to see which teams, like which other teams want to do it. I've only heard back from I think half of the teams that we've approached. So I'm still waiting to hear back. I mean, everything is still pretty busy for everyone else because they're not off season. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much like a really long waiting period for me to, like, understand what exactly my future looks like. Okay. Well, I am excited to see what your future looks like. I have to I have to imagine. I mean, Mark, if you were head coach of a team, wouldn't you be wanting to bring 
Tony into the fold a little bit for playoffs? Um, or for Worlds, if you like it? If he steals my fucking job. Mm. Uh, that would be my concern. Well, just <laughs> you put him under a consulting thing or something. Yeah, but I mean, like, if I wasn't very confident with, like, my standing in my own organization, I'd be like, yeah, I bring Tony in, then Press is my owner or my Okay, manager. what if you're the GM, you're not the head coach? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, Tony, can you move your mic just a little bit further back? We're getting a lot of your breathing, I think. Yeah. It's actually the highlight of the show for me so far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that has that been happening the whole time? A little bit. Well, it's just, you know, when you get – I start asking you stressful questions and – it's just a little yeah. bit more, you know, a little bit more breath. You know, it's just it gets a yeah. little bit more hot and heavy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, other than that, I, before we get into the hot topics, which we kind of already did, but um, so I hit uh, one fifteen today. Mark, where are you at? That's it. Yeah, I've been busy. I was in Vegas last week. Yeah, busier than me. I'm. I. I'm not. My, a lot of my free time is consumed with other activities. Wanking. Wow. I've been, uh, <laughs> I'm 115, but I also leveled a, a Drew to 30 because I, I don't know. I, I want to be 120. I was hoping to get it tonight before the, the reset on World Quest or whatever, but I didn't, I didn't get there in time. So I'll just probably give up, get to 120 tonight if I can. Yeah. Uh, Tony, what level are you? You're setting me up right now. That's well, how am I setting I thought... you up? So I'm currently level uh, level 120, and I'm uh, eye level 340. Hey! Damn. What is the max you can get right now? For uh, eye level, yeah. eye level, uh, the highest is 349. All right. Well, you can get Titan Forge, whatever, right? 355, but that's like yeah, yeah, super, yeah. You get like one piece of that if you're the, super lucky. The person with the highest eye level is 349 right now, though. Yeah. Oh, in the game. Oh. Just yeah. in general. Okay. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to having you carry me through Mythics oh, yeah. and stuff when I get there. You're using uh, this as leverage, I see. Yes, okay. uh, I let you on my show, Tony. <laughs> I uh, gave you all that promotion. It was a big advertisement for your services, and now it's time for yeah. you to pay the tab. Travis seems like the kind of guy to focus on pet battles when a new expansion comes out. <laughs> pet battles are dope. <laughs> all this new content, but what about the pets? The pets are important. You guys both have pets. I don't have any pets, by the way. So let's just wait. You that. definitely do. If you've played any, I'm other talking about IRL. You, mean, you, you like there's a cat yeah. behind Tony. You're screaming at a cat every episode. That's just how our relationship is. All right, don't judge it. You, you and the cat. <laughs> yeah. He walks up to me and meows a lot, and then I yell at him, and then we cuddle. I've That's had relationship. relationships like that before. Um, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's talk about League of Legends. So tiebreakers were today. Mark, you said you weren't impressed with the the player, the performance of any of the teams. No, I think like, and I can understand it. Like it, there's a lot of reasons that it wasn't going to be the highest quality gameplay. One, like you're you're all still in quarterfinals. You're not really fighting to improve that much. It's only about who you're playing against. It's on a Monday, so it's a little weird. It's like late in the day, starting at three. You have to play two games. Uh, you've probably, like, I saw Tony's tweet, and I didn't think about it at first, but you've probably scrimmed these guys a little bit in the past, like, week. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want to show anything else off, so I think, like, there were a lot of reasons people did not end up playing their best today. And it was just, like, I mean, we had a fucking, like, 40-kill 100 Thieves game, I think, versus FlyQuest, which is, just, like, 
That's never going to happen ever in a game that matters. Yeah. Are you sure? It Has it happened? Happen? I don't know. Like, they... That was a game. Tony, any thoughts on today's tiebreakers? Uh, I watched... Yeah, pretty, I mean, I watched uh, some of the matches. I had a very similar feeling to Mark. It felt like every team was... Well, usually, like, teams throughout the week will prepare, like, specifically against the team. So they'll practice, like, I don't know, a certain aspect of the game. Let's say, like, mid-control, because they're preparing for optic, something like that. So if they prepare like that all week, and then they play against a team that, like, it doesn't even make sense, like, you didn't practice the right thing to play against that team, then it's going to look just fucking spaghetti. Because you didn't prepare anything, essentially, and you just end up being forced to play this team. And you might have even scrimmed them, which is what I said before. So, like, they could have exactly gotten target banned on their most practice picks. Like, DeMonte's Akali today looked, like, really, really bad. Like, probably <laughs> the worst I've seen of, like, any Akali so far. Wait, did you see Tuesdays? Yeah, I saw Tuesdays. That was oh, uh. he. That was his second time yeah, yeah, yeah. playing it. He played one game in solo queue, went, like, okay. <laughs> and he was the champion's OP enough that he can just do it. And then he said, okay, I'm just going to play it. I was like, is uh, is a risky choice, <laughs> to say the least. But, yeah, yeah. I, I would say the quality of matches is pretty low. Mark, uh, maybe we should I, – I want to interview Tony a little bit here about – because I don't think, Tony, you've, you've said anything publicly since uh, – besides, you know, a, a tweet or whatever about mm-hmm. your departure – but Mark, maybe now's a good time for you to throw the instructions on how the show works. You can start gathering some people while I talk to Tony and, and hopefully sure. pay enough attention to chime in when it makes sense. Yeah, so uh, before that, I am posting in Twitch chat right now the Discord server for people to join up. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to click that, join the Discord server when you get here. There's pleb calls and pleb calls too. You need to join one of those voice channels and you can mute yourself once you're in there. You don't need to listen to everyone else breathe out of their mouths. Uh, and then you're gonna post your topics, whatever you wanna talk about in Pleb Topics as a text. And try and make sure you, well, I guess with Tony here, it's okay to be a little bit more question heavy. Normally we look for takes, like I think this stuff is gonna happen. But here, if you wanna just ask Tony, I think it's, it's much more appropriate. So whatever it is you wanna talk about, post away. If I like what I see, I will pull you into the waiting room uh, where when it's your turn, I'll go on, pull, uh, talk to you really quickly, make sure your microphone works before we pull you into the room to talk with us. There you go. And if you are a subscriber, of which many, many of you are, thank you. We'll be shutting them out in just a second. Uh, you can sync your, your Twitch account with your Discord account. gives you access to a sub channel where you can put your questions. Uh, it gives you a bit of an edge on uh, the non-subs because it moves a little slower and we check both. So be sure to put your questions in the subtopics channel if you are looking to come on and you're a sub. Um, so while we are, while Mark is collecting those, Tony, what happened? Why were you on CLG and then suddenly to the shock and surprise of many, uh, and I, I don't think a lot, of, I think a lot of people weren't surprised that like CLG decided to make a change after having a pretty rough year, but mm-hmm. it felt really strange to see this in like two weeks out ahead of the end of the split, um, you know, it uh, it seemed as though it wasn't like a, a Tony decision, and I I mean, it, we haven't really heard from you other than to say that you really enjoyed your time at CLG. So maybe you can provide sort of your side of the story, as it were. Uh, 
I will be sure to use my uh, my words carefully sure. <laughs> when I uh, when I speak about this topic. But um, I mean, pretty much the way it goes is uh, similar to what I said in my tweet, uh, which was like, with great power comes great responsibility. Like I really felt the weight of that. I guess is that uh, if you're a team that like even if you're putting in like number like the number one effort of any team. If you don't have the right focus and don't get the right results, it doesn't matter, right? And I think that's kind of just what it came down to. Um, I think overall, uh, the change from CLG, I'm clearly biased in the sense that, like, making the change for me, I'm always going to think, you know, like, oh, there could have been a different change instead, but it doesn't really matter too much. I think that the... Uh, only important thing is I just take accountability for like the things that I did like improperly or things I could have improved on and just kind of move on from it. Um, I'm in the leadership position. I 100% think that I should take responsibility for the losses and uh, our results as a team. So uh, it just, yeah. I walked in on a typical Tuesday morning meeting before scrims to uh, to like usually every single Tuesday morning we'd catch up and be like, okay, well, this is how the weekend went. This is like the things that we want to make sure I want to make sure that we're working on this week came super prepared. And then pretty much in that meeting, uh, Nick is also in the room and I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the rest is all over Twitter. Okay. So <clears throat> we don't have a, a cloud nine esque video coming out soon that will no, Show there, that, there was no there was no cameras in the room. At least uh, when I looked around, I didn't. See <laughs> you did one of those. You're like, yeah, I'm like, gonna keep an eye out for am this. I, am I getting pranked or what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that said, like you guys all still seem on good terms because at the uh, CLG Academy playoffs, I think I saw like the entire org there, and you were hanging out and like with them and talking and everything, right? Well, yeah, I have like a. I have a pretty like strong loyalty, I guess, to all of my all of my players or like the people I've worked with. So specifically, like all ten players from like both teams, um, I'm like super close with them, and I'm gonna make sure that I like. For example, after I got kicked, I went to every single LCS game and Academy playoffs, and I plan on going to the next Academy playoffs game too, um, until like all of the seasons close out, and then you know, then finally we'll all kind of part ways. What, uh, two follow-up questions there. Yep. One is, do you, what do you feel you should have done differently? Or looking back, like, do you have any regrets or errors where you feel like you let down the team? Uh, since obviously this was a decision that seemingly was made based off of the performance of the team, do you find yourself being... Uh, did you look back and feel like you should have done things differently or that you were at, at fault for how things went down? Um, I don't necessarily regret um, any decision I make. Uh, I try to just kind of take everything as like a learning experience. So um, I guess the learning experience for me this split was trying to be more like brutally honest, I guess, with people about like where they need to make like fast improvement. Um, I think I did a pretty good job of like giving everyone a direction and being like very clear about where they need to be, but not necessarily like telling them exactly what their weakness is 
um, even it, like if it's a really really like bad thing, I guess is the yeah. way I can put it. I think that um, I've seen a lot of other coaches do it really well, and I think that I typically do it well. But for whatever reason, the split, I think I did a pretty bad job of it. So. Gotcha. And then, secondly, what do you what do you think? And maybe this was kind of what you were talking about a second ago, but what do you think went wrong with CLG this split? I think that uh, so when we were five and three, I still remember having a conversation with the team after the split or after that week that our mid game was like really like bad too. Like it wasn't super decisive in the sense that we were winning games off of our plays. Like if you go back and watch the games that we had, um, almost always the games we would just straight up win because like a person overextends, we kill that guy, we like full commit, enemy team for whatever reason full commits to try to save someone and they just all pile in and die too. We get Baron and then we just like close out well. Um, that's like how a lot of our wins actually started when we were in five and three. Um, I think at the very, very beginning, we were good about, about being decisive and like having good mid game plans, but then it started falling to like that, where it was like mostly about punishing mistakes, which was how we were getting wins, but not necessarily like forcing the enemy to punish or forcing the enemy into a position that you can punish them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, after five and three, we were like very vocal about how we can fix our mid game. Um, talking about, uh, roles roles within the team because we had like this five community or five shot caller communication system which we slowly kept on like learning more and more about and i think that uh in hindsight when you have five shot callers it's it's just going to be something that's very inconsistent because there's no clear like roles defined by anything so we had to like constantly work to define what the roles were and people had to just make sure that they were consistently doing their jobs um what I would say is I think that like in the end uh, there was a lot of losses due to either people not doing their jobs, people doing too many jobs, um, or us just not being on the same page overall. Like all five people just not listening to one call overall. And uh, that kind of affected our confidence. I think when we, once we went zero to um, the next week after that, we, I think we didn't, we didn't have like a hearing issue or something. So he didn't even practice like half of the scrims that week. And we used uh, Ray during that week. And the games were like either, like Ray would do like really well in some of the games and then he would do like, he would like really mess up um, and then not do super hot. So it was like kind of like 50-50. Like overall he was doing pretty well for a rookie. But then our games were like clearly showing to be better with Weijin. Um, so we decided even, you know, after the zero two, we're going to play with Weijin again, even though he has, you know, half the week or half the week of practice. And then Ray had half the week cause we saw better results. And, uh, overall we played him, we played, uh, the main roster again. And then we just kind of saw the same mid game issues. And then at that point, it's a question of, wow, well, we only had half a week of scrims with Weijin, right? And it's hard to make a call of like, is it right? to then make changes or not uh, based, based on the roster. And it's, it's I don't know, it, it was a decision that in the moment with that context made it hard to make the proper decision, pretty yeah. much. And when you say Ray, you mean Wiggly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. 
So, Mark, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'd say that uh, there's a lot of missing context, I guess, that doesn't clearly explain why decisions were made and why like the community is really confused. Um, yeah, that's. I guess that's what I'll leave it at. Sure. Mark, any thoughts before we move on to callers or anything you want to talk about? Uh, nope. Uh, I mean, if we don't get to it in callers, I wouldn't mind just uh, a brief time for us to talk about all the teams that are dead, like uh, that <laughs> we won't be seeing for the rest of the year. So I don't know if that's now or, or after callers or something like sure. that. I don't know. Well, you have a hard out, so we have to we have to get through some callers quick, as you've said. So I just asked what you want me. To no, do. that's what I'm saying. Is like we we got if you so if we, we're we gonna bring that conversation up, we should uh, we should go through the callers quick. All right, let's do callers then. Yes. Wait did we did you think I needed something else? I don't I know. Asked if just you wanted <laughs> to talk about it now. Oh no, not. let's just let's just go through callers and then we'll try yeah. and grab it at the end. We were on the same page. There was just Excellent. some confusion. Yeah. <clears throat> there we go. There we go. Uh, speaking of callers. Uh, Everyone in the waiting room needs to unmute themselves. I can't. Once you're in the waiting room, you should, you should undeafen. Excuse me, not unmute. So I can talk to you. You need to hear Mark talk to you. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. Uh, the Joe City Arrow Tempest for two months. Real Foxy gifted a sub to Doublelift. Bowflex body, Bowflex body five months. Matei gifted a sub to Washington Post. Uh, Captain Dirty, CG Shadow, Jedi Mace four months. You are the Goat Travis. Ryo Nero Nino Standard Oh Yeah Noi Noi the Knight three three three. I love you Zix twenty fifteen MSG. Uh, Squeak the Week resub for six months and says I forgot <laughs> to cancel again. Blah. Okay, Eggy is here. Eggy, where are you calling from? Uh, calling from Texas, West T Texas. West Texas. Joe. No, I'm just kidding. It's not Joe, but I am calling from West West Texas. Okay. <laughs> what? what <laughs> how is West Texas? It's uh, it's quite nice. Yeah. Uh, not too bad. Really hot. Uh, quite unfortunate. There's really nothing to do here besides you know play League of Legends and watch this show. Gotcha. Well, glad uh, glad that the show can help you out living in West Texas. I drove through there oh, once yeah. and it was empty. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about Reaper um, and his coaching decision and how that helps any teams get a more Korean mindset um, when it comes to players and how we don't have this starter lineup that is a five-man roster only and how this can actually turn into a 10-man roster and it helps NA at Worlds and international competition so that the performance um, is not so predictable. And they can actually pull games off of a lot of other teammates or gotcha. teams for that matter. So your take is Reaper Reaper put the West in a better uh, better place, North America specifically, because they he opened up and really more than maybe any other team took advantage of the ten man roster concept. Exactly. And I wanted to get Zick's uh, thoughts on these as well and how he thinks this uh, panned out as well. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Zix? I think it's really good. I think that uh, what Reaper did this split was brave, uh, in a sense that like you know obviously every single fan and redditor was <laughs> fully against it, and uh, doing something that goes away or goes against the grain is definitely always going to be brave. But I think that it was uh, a good place to move forward. Um, I think the the concept of having a ten man roster is super important, 
because uh, having like an academy team and a main team like that separation i think is kind of unhealthy if you're gonna like sub people in and out because then it's like a feeling of like getting replaced rather than you're kind of like working with your other like member ideally right you have like quarterbacks the quarterbacks are gonna like teach each other uh how to like i don't know simplifying it throw better right and then uh if you have that dynamic and they're actually like creating healthy discussion it's always going to be better than if it's like you know my, like the main team academy or the main team mid laner and the academy mid laner are like kind of having their own strategies and not really sharing and then they're just competing for the spot i think that that's less good overall than if they're you know combining their wits and uh working together to actually become better like the way that griffin uses their their six man roster for example okay cool so what are your thoughts on per se for example a team like tsm from what i'm reading is, is like a bad example to do that with because then you would have um you know one of like the most like, highly thought of mid laners uh competing for a spot with like a blaze olive which i don't think is a like a valid argument to make but which is that something that you mean it would be like bad well, I think like the idea of competing for the spot is something that like the scene's currently struggling with a lot because like you heard in the media say like yeah. it feels like you're training your replacement or whatever. Um, but I think to Zix's point, a lot of what you're saying was like if they feel more integrated, it's not always like you're training this guy who's going to replace you or yeah. like that you are getting benched for this other guy. You know, it should be like someone is pushing Bjerg and helping him, and Bjerg is helping this guy, and both of them are getting better. Yeah, and they have that feeling that, like, they're going to win as a team rather than, like, I'm going to lose my spot. Like, it should always be, like, fully about the team. Like, for example, uh, using Griffin. Like, Griffin, Chovy, and Rather, like, they don't really care which games they play in. They just want their team to win. And they help each other, like, constantly. I think uh, Rather is the actual, like, captain of the team, but he's, like, often subbing himself out for Chovy so that he'll play because he like helps Chovy like win and that's how he wants us to see his team win. Awesome. Um, and, just and for like one C9 example, I think what's interesting is like Golden Glue's stock is at like an all time high due to this. Like he was someone who I think people were about ready to give up on and they're like, oh my God, why did C9 pick him up? We always hear about Scrim Golden God, but it never works out. And then like it actually worked out this time, which is crazy. And if the whole team is succeeding and you're a part of that, then like, you you get to it's like rising tide raises all ships kind of idea but it's hard to get that out of your mouth like the idea of i'm getting benched out of your out of your head awesome yeah. i just wanted to ask um if you were in reaper's position zix would you have made that call or would you think do you think you would have the balls to make that happen or would you just kind of um, not go through with it so looking at the so so when i was looking at a, a lot of the interviews that like reaper did um before making that decision, like kind of just like wondering why he would even like go that those lengths. Cause I think that um, if it was just me alone, right? And Reaper choose and I had no other like coaching staff alongside me, then maybe I would just, uh, I would just exist within the team. I think uh, when you're with a team for such a long amount of time, like Reaper was, the only reason why, at least from my memory, the only reason why Reaper actually made this decision was because Rapid Star said to him, uh, something about how like the team doesn't have like a good environment for winning, right? Like you you get this outside perspective that comes in and tells you the way your team functions isn't good, right? 
So if I'm in if I'm in Reaper's shoes, maybe I do make that same call because I have somebody from an outside perspective coming in and telling me that um, you know the the team's environment is not conducive of of like a winning team environment, right? And I think that uh, that outside perspective for Reaper was clearly like a very big change and like a big reason why the decision was made. So I don't know, maybe maybe I would make that decision if I was put in his shoes because from his point of view. It was somebody that just came in and told him pretty much that the ch he thinks the change would be good. And then I think I think that Reaper definitely does have the balls and deserves the credit for making the change. I, I'm not sure 100% if I would make the change in that in that position or not. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate your thoughts. Hey, thank you so much for calling in, Eggy. Thank you. Thank you, Travis. Have a good one. And thanks for being a Twitch sub. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, you want to do a plug right now? Yes. Or you want me to go? Good okay. call. A, a plug. <clears throat> well, Add. I'm glad I'm, you've already <laughs> you've already figured it out, Tony. Uh, got you've, out. you've got it all figured out, guys. I I just got to tell you. I got to tell you. We have a a sponsor for the show tonight. A sponsor that's been with us for a very long time, very near and dear to my heart. I've got uh, Omen Gaming set up behind me. I'm running this all on Omen, Omen stuff, and uh, gotta tell you, really love their support. They've been supporting the show for quite some time. Uh, Tony, you can't see it. He's wearing an Omen hat, uh, which I do not have and would like. He's also wearing an Omen sweater, which I do not have and would like. Uh, very. He's he's actually he's supporting the show right now and supporting our sponsor, which I really appreciate. Mark Z with the Omen headset. It's just an Omen house here on Hotline League episode 41. <laughs> I don't know what that was, Mark, but... Uh, I'm showing how durable it is. Look at that stress test. Yeah, that was... Uh, it stressed me out, for sure. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit. Uh, so Omen, by the way, they have been in the esports space uh, for a couple years now. Uh, as they sort of uh, popped up as a brand under HP, uh, they realized the value of competitive gaming and supporting uh, competitive gaming. They sponsor CLG, uh, Tony's former employer. They sponsor Cloud9, a team that will be moving on into playoffs, unlike CLG. And uh, they sponsor this show, um, which is not as popular as some other shows, but they still sponsor anyway, so we really appreciate that. Uh, they do a whole lot of different stuff in the esports space. Uh, they've got stuff going on all the time. They just announced Omen Squad, which is their support of smaller streamers, which is something I love about them. Uh, is, this show is an example of that. Omen Squad is an example of that. They don't just go and sponsor the hottest, sexiest stuff out there. They come in and help out on a grassroots level. So I just really appreciate their support. Uh, if you appreciate their support of this show, uh, please go follow them on Twitter. Take a look at their new video. I did a, an interview with Biofrost uh, that we turned into a pretty big show around him that's on their YouTube channel. You can go check it out. Uh, drop a comment uh, on there saying that you appreciate it, you like it, uh, give any feedback you want. Uh, just really appreciate all the stuff that they are doing uh, for Hotline League and for our show. So thank you so much to Owen by HP uh, for everything you're doing in esports. And uh, that's, that's their sponsor plug for the day. Did you just say that we weren't one of the hot, sexy shows in esports? Like... Is that what you implied with that phrasing? Yeah, Mark Z is on the show. Come on, Travis. Look at this. Look at this background you have. That screams sexy. Hot and sexy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cat above Tony's head. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. You yeah. take that back. All right, I'm gonna get the next caller. Okay. 
Thank goodness. Uh, Techno Dude nineteen ninety seven resubbed for six months. Uh, Patias Kass subbed for four months. Matei gifted a sub to Nephiloid. Rebelcom subscribed for seven months. I am Elvis. Uh, reset for six months. Hotline League is the best relationship. I'm guaranteed at least 20 minutes of watching people try to figure out the webcams every show. Equalizer Top. Kilimanjaro 11. Real Foxy gifted a sub to InfoWars Live, which is terrifying. iRevenge3i. Trevbot. Madfishy for five months. And uh, so much more. We'll be getting to those in just a second. We've got Champloo here. Is it Champloo or Champloo? Champloo. You've never Champloo. seen anime? Come on. I don't. Have you have you ever seen Hotline League? Come on, I don't I don't watch anime. Ohio. Good point. point. We've we don't we don't do that here. Um, thanks so much for being a Twitch sub. Where are you calling from? Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. We do seem to get a lot of uh, South Florida folks in in the show. Florida's low key a gaming hub. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What? How's Orlando right now? Is it hot? (laughs) Yeah, we have like two seasons it's called summer and then two weeks of winter gotcha so. okay well thanks for suffering through it. did you get a chance to go to spring finals no i was actually in mexico at that time so. oh darn all right well what do you want to talk about on the show tonight so my thing is about uh coaching and practice methodologies and one of these is kind of a, a question i'm not even sure if this feature works very well but I, I wanted to know if anybody had tried or thought of using Chrono Break in their practices. So as an example, you have a team fight around Baron, you didn't set up vision correctly. Um, so somebody, someone gets picked and then you just Chrono Break back to the same exact situation, coach up your players and then repeat the scenario. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. I you can kind of leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, the technology only exists on, like, tournament LAN servers. So it's not like this is a hidden feature on live or online tournament realm servers. It's, like, exclusively that, I believe. It's actually on online tournament realm servers because... Yeah, it is. They chrono-breaked your academy game. But presumably, Riot uh, is the only one that has the Switch. Right. You have to be be in person, I think. I have no clue. Like, there's... I have no clue. I don't think I, don't... I should even talk about it because it's probably something I shouldn't disclose. But, <laughs> but, but so you've you've been in a chrono definitely, break. definitely not for TR. Like when you're scrimming, they don't they don't have it. Like you don't have it available as a team. That's all I can say. Right. So obviously this technology is super like riot controlled and probably yeah. for a good reason. But I only thought they had it for. Uh, land, but then I realized when you guys had your power go out, they chrono broke your game. I'm pretty sure, and then you guys came to the studio and finished it. Yeah, I believe so. They do have it for online TR. So now the only thing we need to do is get that out of only Riot's hands and give give it to Tony. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be good. What would also be good is like uh, having a five v five practice tool or having. Uh, like a 1v1 practice tool, like anything. <laughs> I, I actually think on a, I, and I could be totally wrong speaking on my ass, one of the things that pisses engineers off more than anything else is when people speculate on how their own code base operates and uh-huh. then you just like come up with not possible possibilities and it's just yeah. really fucking annoying. So like, I know that and I'm going to do it anyways. I think based off what I know of the two softwares, I think it would be easier to get Chrono Break 
and like give chrono break lessons to coaching staff on how to use the tool it might be easier to do that than to change how the practice tool works yeah it probably would be the problem is i don't know like you have to wonder are do they what would that look like how would they have to like because there's authentication issues there right like who gets access to be able to chrono break stuff like is there just one like user that logs in and can chrono break everything because you probably don't want to be handing that out willy-nilly to coaches tony seems like a great guy but there's some coaches out there i, I wouldn't want to have I that mean, much power going you could like <laughs> they, they make you sign ndas and stuff like i i believe with the inclusion of the franchising system and all the legality stuff like you could be threatened to be banned for life if you fuck this up like i think they should be the able to prevent people. if the technology is there because i actually like the way chrono breaking works is it's not really what people think where it's like yeah you just rewind the existing game or something it like actually replays the game right it, it remakes the game and then replay it like re it puts you in the spot yeah, it, it, they, what they did was they changed the game to be deterministic so many years ago. So, like, all the RNG stuff is actually, like, replicatable. And then they'll replicate the exact same game. And then you join up that game that already exists. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, it's, it's a little different technology. But for the sake of coaching, if you could get that in the hands of Tony. And other coaches. I think that would be, yeah. Well, I'm just using Tony as an example. That would probably be one of the best improvements that we've gotten with practice. Ever probably more useful than the practice tool, but I'm not 100. How often I'm, would you use something like that, Tony? So the only issue then would be um, with the teams that you scrim with. Either one, you'd have to you know like make an agreement with that team that you know we're gonna chrono break every fight and play it five times, right? <laughs> Which is like well, that's gotta be too inefficient. Unheard of, right? So like for example, you'd probably end up using it more with like your academy team, and this would be something that would actually enable you to like actually use your academy team like more like with purpose because you control the environment a lot more if you're with your academy team because you can pick you can tell them what champions they pick um and like those kind of like details for example you could scrim the whole week against a team that doesn't even play the same champions that you know you're going to play against in the weekend and there's nothing you can do about it right and that would be a way that using your academy team plus having this would make it so you know you could practice team fighting over and over and over against the same champions that you expect to play against, and that would be really really good. But I think um, it just doesn't exist. Sadly. Yeah, well, it does exist, but it's it's not currently uh, in our hands. Usable. Yeah. <sighs> Do you guys have? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So I was gonna okay. say, I'll let Champ Blue go. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say that kind of led into like my second thought on that and how you run practices. And I know Echo Fox tried the whole scrim team thing, whether that was a meme or not, don't know. Um, but I was thinking another thing maybe you could kind of do is if you have an academy team that's actually good and worth playing against, you could have more of an active coaching style. Because as far as I know right now, coaching is more retroactive. So you play out the game, and then once the game ends, you review it and you go over things. Is that kind of how things happen right now? uh for the most part yes yeah uh, i think so, that there's, there's a lot of a lot of like small things that you can actually do like reminding people in game if they're missing if they're skipping a step or something like that you can like quickly like say it out loud and like coach them through it 
Like, mm-hmm. okay, this step, then that step, then this step, then that step. And then just like, if they skip one, you just you just say it out loud. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, sh- you know, shit. And then you already know that you're going to talk about that as soon as the post game hits. It's like, oh, okay, we, we'll skip that step. We shouldn't have done yeah. that. Right. So I was thinking like with your academy team, you could pause games and kind of like actively coach right then. I'm just going off of like my own experiences in sports is like if I mess something up, it's like I don't wait for like that whole drill to be over. I get coached on it immediately. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we've we've done things like that. But like I said before, because of the because you're constantly scrimming against a team or like another team. There's a lot of like uh, practice etiquette rules that are like set up that I think are completely fair, which is just like pausing without reason is a little disrespectful if you're like scrimming another team. If you're doing it against your academy team, I mean, we'll pause, we'll remake drafts to make sure they're playing like similar champions to like what we want to play against. Um, there's a lot of different things you can just do with your academy team. I think that it's going to be something that, that grows with more time. I mean, I think C9 is kind of really unlocking like the the academy like player like just people being open to actually using them now and um i think that everything's gonna go that direction uh i i heard it's a freak of freaks right a freak of freaks actually like primarily scrims with their their uh sister team uh only something like that i forget i think it might be them but there was always back in the day samsung white samsung blue stories that i always tell about how like they almost almost exclusively scrimmed each other yeah. My question, Tony, would be if you do get this tool, which is all hypothetical, obviously, what do you think is like the right ratio? Because in league, with how important like how important like what you're practicing is, like would you only scrim people to get exposed to new things potentially? Or like what what how would you think you would break up your practice ideally? Um think that's uh that's a really hard question i'd uh <laughs> with, with no prior practice or experience yeah, yeah, with this yeah. you no know experience of it at all um yeah i i'd probably say that almost for sure the last day of the week would always be with your academy team because they would give you the best direct practice of like what is likely to be emulated on stage so that you feel the most comfortable running, you know, certain movements or certain following certain patterns. Um, if a team always goes for a top dive, you can tell your academy team, okay, practice top dives this this set, and then we're gonna try to counter it, you know, to the best of our ability, like that kind of stuff. So, I would say for sure, at least the last game is gonna be your academy team, and then maybe more experimental or like similar style teams during the week. So maybe like anywhere between 25 to 50% with your academy team and then the rest with either like similar stylistic teams to your opponent, if you can find them. Hey, thank you so much, Shampoo, for your call. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, have a good one. Moving on uh, to the next caller. Got a couple more people to shout out. I think we were, we were maybe at Trevbot, Mad Fishy for five months, Zafri Glukeman, Luxon. Two months, uh, Brendan Funnigan for four months, the Classy Four, Lagoonist, who just hit seven months, uh, Bramble Vest, Raging Pianist, <laughs> Padawaka, Chessy, nice yes, and then Bloods Point, just donated $5. Double F says Tony loves macaroni. Is this true or false? Yeah. Oh, hello? Oh, we've got Azor on the show. 
Azor, Why is Mark trolling me? Azor, I'm not. This was a great question. Azor, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling. I'm calling from Alhambra, California. Alhambra, California. That's near Los Angeles, I think, right? Yeah, yes, it is. It is a very Asian populated area. Okay. And uh, I don't know why we needed the racial demographic of that. It's the 66, okay? You know what? Whatever. Uh, what do you have to talk about on the show tonight, Azure? I would like to ask Zix Lol if he would ever go coach in the LJL because I hear that the community there is great and they're really big fans of anime and manga. And I think it would be a great opportunity for him to go coach and bring an LJL team to the world. So what about it, Tony? Would you ever go overseas for coaching offers? Specifically LJL? Specifically LJL? Not a... No. Alright, <laughs> fine. Bye. That's it? Nothing else? You don't have it? You, you know, you know <laughs> so much about Tony. You could, you could uh, really roast him. I have nothing to say. Okay. Well, hey, thank Bye. you so much for calling in, Lauren. Really appreciate it. Uh, Twitch chat thought that um, your girlfriend was a uh, kid. Yeah, I saw that. They yeah. said, is this a girl or a kid? And then once they found out it was a girl, they started spamming. Yeah. Really. Um, all right. Moving oh, on to the next caller. Actually, I need to check. I think uh, there's a desk that just finished getting built um, in my living room. I don't know if we can show this. Oh, my gosh. Thick. <laughs> Spam it, chat. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, is he in the? Oh, he's in the other call. This is awkward, guys. Yeah. Look, there's a desk that Nephilim just finished building. Wow. Isn't that great? It's wow. The size. Easy clap. Toby. Easy claps in the chat. Yeah. Ne Nephilim, do you want to come say hi? You can Hello. Say thanks to Hello. Uh, Travis is apparently building his his room. Uh, and world peace. Thank you for joining us. Where are you? Uh, where are you calling? Congratulations. Hang on. Congratulations. Thank you to Nephiloid, my my who does all my Twitch art uh, and my subs for building this desk in my living room while the show was going on. I do more than Twitch. She was the former CLG intern. I don't think Tony recognizes her at all. I do. Do you, you recognize Amanda? Yeah. Okay. okay. You're not gonna say hi or anything. It's just it's a little awkward. I, I mean, I, I we already waved earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Goodbye, Amanda. If anyone's awkward, Travis, it's thank, me trying to thank reintroduce you for, people. I know. You're thank the you one for the that's, <laughs> You're the one that's making it awkward by saying it's awkward. <sighs> it's never actually awkward unless you say it's awkward. I'm not sure I agree with that. In-World Peace is here. It definitely doesn't help. In-World Peace, thank you for being a Twitch sub. Where are you calling from? Uh, I am calling from San Diego, California. Hey, I'm from San Diego. I'm from Carlsbad area, Carlsbad, Temecula. Ah, oh, nice. I'm it, up there a lot. Where are you? Whereabouts in San Diego are you? Or are you actually in San Diego Prime? San Diego Prime. I'm in uh, Mira Mesa, Poway area. Nice. Very good. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I I wanted to talk to Zix because I'm sure he knows about the league community perception of him being the early game coach, right? Um, I want to know, you know, because because that can also backfire. Like, is with you being pigeonholed as an early game coach, and mm -hmm. some people might just think like, oh, 
well, we could just get him as an analyst, but you know, not be the head coach. So I wondered yeah. what your thoughts were on that. And then I also wanted to speculate kind of some good pairings with you. If, let's say, you were just an analyst and the early game guy, you'd pair well with 100 Thieves. I don't, you know, I don't know how Prawley would be okay with that. Maybe you could work together, and Aframu seemed to be a good pairing with your style. And then the other one would be Echo Fox kind of needs a coach, so I think it'd be interesting. You could be a head coach there. But, yeah, mainly, how do you feel about being pigeonholed as Mr. Early Game? Mr. Early Game. Um, I think the funniest thing about my job has always been that uh, everyone just really tries to, like, guess exactly, like, what I do based on like based on what the team does or like how the team performed so like for example when i played with uh Aframu, right when i was the or not played with well i when i coached after mm-hmm. every every single person said wow tony's mid game is the strongest any coach in the whole league right but not a single person would say that right now because there's just we haven't performed well in the in the mid game right so to say essentially that I'm strictly an early game coach is kind of just looking at the results and just saying that, which is fine, I guess. But uh, I'd say that if I was to assess myself, I would say that um, I'm equally good in early game as I am in mid game, as far as like understanding of the game. Um, so I wouldn't really ever say that I am exactly just specifically an early game coach. Maybe I have a strength over others in the early game. That's what I was about to follow up with was I feel like I watch level ones and like so rarely do people try things. Yeah. And like I would get it if it was like, all right, it's like the regular season week five, like I'm not really looking to cheese out a win here. But then like even in playoffs, you rarely see anyone do anything cool with a level one. Yeah. And it always felt like you guys did have that stuff. So I didn't know if that was just like in comparison, your, your early game, if, cause that's something Scar and I always talk about like, Oh God, CLG's first five minutes always looks smart. Um, yeah. And all so, that, so I don't know. So the one thing I will say is that I think that other coaches just straight up aren't looking to abuse level one or looking to abuse early game. And like a lot of teams currently do very, very predictable things in the early game, every game. And it is abusable. So it should be abused. And if you're going to win a game off of it, is it really cheese if you just, like, use your brain to beat an opponent? I don't, I don't think so, right? Yeah, I saw a, an academy game where uh, a pike took E-level 1. This was red side. Hop, barren wall. And then the enemy team, then the rest of his team wrapped around through lane and then came down river to try and, like, push the guy out of river into his blue buff ramp. And then the guy who hopped the... The wall waited for his cooldown to come back up and then could use it to uh, use the pike E to try and get a flash or a kill on that guy. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a pike specific thing because how many champions have like uh, mobility and hard CC level one? I was like, actually, there's like a fair amount of supports that can do that. And like, I literally have not seen it in Academy or Pro since then. And I was like, wait, this looks free as fuck. Why does nobody try this ever? It blew my mind. Like, we're in. You're trying to qualify for playoffs, and these teams are, like, five-pointing level one. I don't get it. Yeah, so I can explain, like, the the mindset a little bit. I think that every single team has a game plan, right? When they, like, start the game, they have a game plan. And that game plan usually starts with lane phase. And the issue is 
because they want the, the game plan to start with lane phase, if something happens level one, that's going to like shatter that, that like their vision of how they're supposed to play the lane phase, right? So level one is the only way that you can shatter like the enemy's vision of how they're supposed to play their lane phase. And if that's something like a position that they're put in that they're, they're just not expecting, like that's a free advantage that you have on your opponents. So if you look to abuse, I mean, in the, in the meta, um, there were so many champions that we had that were like triggers for like us doing level ones. Like if there's a Braum in the game, if there's a Gragas in the game, if there's Rakan, if there's Shen, because all of these champs can either like jump over walls or just have like really strong level one that you can just, you can abuse them for their strength. And I don't think it's cheese by any means to use a tool that you have in your toolkit to get a kill. Like that's insane to me that somebody would even call that cheese or gimmicky, right? It makes no sense. So what I am gathering from what you're saying is that you're saying you are an early game coach or that the other coaches are also early game coaches. They just don't even think about it. So they could just do the same thing that you do, but they just don't. It sounds like he's just a coach who's better at thinking about the early game. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say that like my understanding of the game overall is like very, very high depending on every phase of the game. I'd say that other coaches are currently at a deficit at understanding the early game, which makes me look better in the early game. All right. Well, a couple shout-outs, if you don't mind, Travis. Go, go for it. Uh, Total Warhammer 2, great game. Amazing. Uh, also, it looks like you're possibly getting an NVIDIA sponsorship. I don't know. They, 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 sponsored, they did a campaign this week uh, or for the past week where – People kind of greened out their social media. So Doublelift did this. Well, Travis, Myth, they're not paying us for anything, so we don't need to talk about Myth that. did this, etc. <laughs> I'm just answering the question because some people were confused. Yeah. So uh, it's not an ongoing sponsorship. We, we just did it uh, for this past week to help announce their, their new graphics card uh, for this morning. But, yeah, that's okay. sort of what was going on there. I already pre-ordered it. Okay, great. Well, I'm happy. <laughs> I'll share this uh, clip with them. Good. If somebody can clip it. Finally a sponsor. You can clip it, Travis. It takes a second. I'm producing a show. Sorry, go ahead and end up world peace. No, I was just saying, finally a sponsor I can unironically support. Gotcha. Thank you so much for the uh, <laughs> support. All right, moving on to the next call. Before, before we move on, I wanted to clarify a point or just make it uh, something clear. Um, so all of the early games that we did, just to be very clear, I think that the weird thing is I get all of the credit for early game ever designed from the team. But I just want to say that the uh, the concept is what I put within the team. It's not necessarily the level one. I don't create every single level one. I think like Jay has created a lot of really good level ones. Uh, Hui, I'll use their gamer names. But Hui's created a lot of really good level ones. Uh, Biofrost has created a lot of good level ones. Rainover created a lot of like really really strong early game routes that like got us a lot of advantages. I think it's just something that I uh, give them as a mindset to focus on. Uh, very good insight. Boba Cola mm -hmm. gifted a sub to Azure. Real Foxy gifted a sub to Tiny Pianist to go along with Raging Pianist from earlier. Rob Berto sent 100 bits and is currently the bit leader. If only someone could knock him down. We've got zero one Ace here. Zero one Ace, where where are you calling from? Uh, Washington State. Washington State, and this is I think your first time on the show, yeah? Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. What would you like to talk about on the show tonight? 
it's kind of like an opinion, I guess. I was going to say I disagree on CLG's decision on firing Zixlol because I don't think they give him opportunity to work with a good roster or any star players, in my opinion. Like, the the roster you coached before, like Paul Belter, Double Lift Aftermove, like all those star players, but then I think when this, the disaster came was when you had, like, you started changing, like, jungle, mid, like, switching to Hui and stuff. But I feel like it just all crumbled when a whole bunch of roster changes came. And then you just didn't work with a good roster. All right. Here we go, Tony. <laughs> you had shit players and shouldn't have been fired. What's your take? Wow. How do I, <laughs> how do I approach that? All right. It's a landmine. Um, Don't step on it. Like, I feel like... He was only good when he played a soul. That was like when he was known. And then when he stopped, he was like mediocre. And, and to be fair, kiss people are like, why the fuck would Mark pull this guy? I think this is actually a, like a pretty large fan sentiment. And so I don't know if you actually want to yeah. address it. Okay, hold on. I have to rethink the whole thing. Can sure. you repeat the, the statement like this? This, st uh, concise, this statement. concise statement, I think, was just basically uh, that it was a mistake to fire you because it was you'd had success before under rosters that could lend themselves towards success but oh one aces take is that the lineup here was incapable of success because it had weak players on it and so you were set up for failure in a sense that this roster was never going to be able to find success because it uh it was filled with players who couldn't be successful okay all right i can take that so <clears throat> so i created the roster yeah, I know, I, I know so, that. Like, I was gonna, I was gonna mention too. Like, it was like sort of your decision too, but yeah. you could have changed it also. So. so that, yeah, so that's my decision. So, of course, I should get fired, right? If I make the roster, the roster doesn't have good results. That's, you know, that's just how it is, right? It's not that, you know, me. Like, for example, if if roster building was one of my issues, right? Then that is something that falls under me. So it's not like the organization isn't enabling me because they were. I made the wrong decisions, apparently, right? Because we didn't get results. It's on me. It's not on them. That's all it is. Uh, so some follow-ups from that. One, do you think there would ever be a system where it's less on the coach to, to make those decisions and you are more relying on the GM and ownership? Or do you think that that's just not a good recipe uh, for success because the coach will have the highest game knowledge and should theoretically know the right players to get. I think for sure the coach should have the control. Yeah. I think that there's a, there's, it's, there's an importance for sure with uh, like the business side, like, you know, some trades you just can't, you can't do because they're too costly or you just can't get certain players because they're under contract. There's like a lot of like small, like important things for the manager to, Oh, my cat's popping off. Uh, there's, there's, there's some stuff that, that like the managers have to do on the business side that will either support or not support the decisions you make. And that's just kind of how it is. But overall, I think that uh, the head coaches should have that position or that like role that they choose the team that they coach. Um, I would say, though, that like currently the scene could be more developed in like, for example, statistics about uh, actually choosing roster based on stats and actually you, developing stats more 
do you think like let's say do you think a player should be a part of that too like let's say like probably an Aframu he gave probably like I met Aframu like an opportunity to pick like who he wanted to play with and what probably wanted to play with so do you think let's say like let's just three like three I don't know how to say it let's just say double lift wanted to do a roster do you think that'd be a good idea to work with a coach like that or no a player, it's it's a question about like should you leverage players or should you involve players on in the decisions of who to build out the yeah. roster, which we've seen multiple times in before. I mean, you were talking about how yeah. Doublelift brought you on before the start of the show as as part of the coach. Like yeah. players who've been around for a long time frequently have a say in these things, and that's kind of his take. Yeah, I think that that bringing players in makes makes sense. Yeah, and that uh, you you have to obviously like understand it for like what it is and like not only make the decision based on the player but you should like take you should take what you can from what like they say about the roster decisions and to follow up on the final point i think from this you can disagree with this on a fundamental level do you even think that you guys were uh as a roster strength weaker than other rosters in the league um, like whether or not like you deserve the fault for making it that way or not. Did you think that was a problem that you guys faced? Just like mechanically we weren't as good or something like that? Or uh, do you just disagree that that was, was even the problem potentially? There was a lot of games that I think um, mechanic, like mechanics were just an issue for sure. So I would say that um, while I don't think that was like necessarily the only reason we l- would lose games, I would say that that was uh, something that would have potentially made us win games. That's all. Okay, cool. Okay, I got my question. Very good. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks thanks for being, it was a bold call, and I really appreciate it. And Tony (laughs) didn't assign you an essay, so, you know, like, it doesn't, some people might think that's the only way this goes down. It didn't go down that way. There's going to be no essays for me. I can't read it. Tony? Is the high school teacher parts of the, the college teacher, the professor? Okay. Oh, God. You know, your high school teacher is compassionate. He cares about you. He wants to help you through it. The professor's like, here's your sign <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Leave me be. Thank yeah. you so much, uh, Owen Ace. Oh, he left. Okay, cool. Uh, it is time for. Uh, we had two episodes. Tony and I of go to the bathroom. Yeah, you guys can go to the bathroom if you want. Uh, we've had two episodes. We have two episodes of the sponsorship. Uh, the only other sponsor besides Hotline League, or sorry, Omen that we've ever had on Hotline League, uh, it is a show that Amazon Play and Shop is doing. I'm going to go ahead and put a link into the Twitch chat. If you guys take a look at that, uh, that would be very helpful. I'm going to play a trailer uh, for this. It is a uh, show that they are doing about streamers, kind of reality TV style based show. Uh, they're sponsoring us, so really appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that trailer now. If it'll play. I need to find it. Because apparently it's not there. Alright. Um, it is a... Where did this trailer go? Because it was supposed to play. And it did not. Um, it's a show that stars Pokimane. And... Sorry, I, I had muted because I was going to watch it on stream. Yeah. Uh, did you find it? I'm, I'm just going to play it on the page. Okay, do you need me to stall for a second? No, no, I think we're good. Because I, I, I have a follow-up story. Okay, here we go. Let's, go before. let's see if this will work. 
And our Twitch Streamer of the Year Award winner is Kokede! Thank you so much. My name's Iman. I go by Pokey, Pokemon, Pokemon. I make content on Twitch, Instagram. My fans mean the world to me. You really inspire people. I'm Thank so happy to meet you. Well, sometimes I'll be like taking a picture with them or giving them a hug, and I actually like, feel them shaking. So pretty. <laughs> I feel like I want to take my career above and beyond just sitting at home and streaming. I could end up owning a merch store or a makeup line. I am excited and ready. What's with the camera people? Are they going to be following us all the time? Not all the time. A little bit of the time. <laughs> Where's your friend, honey? There's a camera in the fridge. Hey, I recovered from uh, not being able to find the video pretty well. Hey, thank you so much to Amazon Plan Shop for their uh, sponsoring. I'm Sorry. Hello. Hi, Mike. <laughs> I was in the middle of something there. Thank you so much to Amazon Plan Shop for uh, sponsoring the show for the second week. Really appreciate it. Thank you to all of you in chat uh, for being such wonderful people, especially the mods who uh helped out there's a link that i'm going to go ahead and put in the chat right now as well put it in there earlier if you're watching the youtube video uh of the show uh feel free to grab the link in the description of youtube that really helps us out uh and uh very much appreciated but i think we're ready for the next oh go ahead mark i'll be honest i haven't watched the show yet i've been real busy okay my girlfriend watched it and she said it was actually fantastic and Nick Allen is in chat saying it's fantastic. So maybe it actually is pretty good. Yeah. And I heard like it's actually just really interesting because there's like that scene where she got the like streamer of the year award trophy. And apparently as soon as she got it, someone just started shit talking her. Yeah, there's camera. a really poignant moment at the end of it, which is what I tried to say in the last one. Like it's interesting because I think when the show started, I watched it uh, when they streamed it live. There you kind of think like, oh, it feels very like rally TV style thing, and then they kind of get you at the end with a really good moment. Um, and yeah, of the people that I've watched that have watched it, uh, that are not getting paid like I am to say this, uh, they seem to have said really nice things about it. So I, I think it's it's actually been uh, pretty well received. Anyway, thank you so anyway. much uh, to Amazon Plan Shop. Moving on to the next caller. Let's see who we got. Mark's gonna go fish them out. As I shout out, uh, Rob Berto who has been sending a bunch of bits in. Thank you. Chenzi subbed. Thiefco subbed. Uh, Bloods Point sent some more subs. Travis, could you please ask Tony and Mark to do a mock draft and then after argue why they're comp superior? We don't have really time for that, but I appreciate it. Cal0808 <laughs> has resubbed for tier, uh, at a tier two uh, sub for seven months. Thank you so much to Kyle0808. Uh, Moving on, we have the K272 on the show. Uh, welcome to the show, K272. Where are you calling? Where are you calling from? I'm from Chicago. Very good. The windy city. Is it very windy there? Uh yeah, pretty windy most of the time. Well, the windy city is windy. Why, what, that's why what they call it revelation. The windy city. Mark, thank you for your positivity as always. Uh, K two seven two. What do you want to talk about on the show I tonight? Mean, so, uh, 
my hot take is about the TSM versus Team Liquid game. And I think that it's entirely possible that Team Liquid let TSM win that game because they wanted to let them make playoffs. Which, it's pretty bold, but I have a couple points to back it up. Um, so... Can I, can I get my tinfoil hat real quick? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, so... Uh, Reggie and Steve have always been friends, and they're both old guard owners, and you know how they always like to help each other out all the time. So that's one point. Um, the strongest point is that TSM gave Team Liquid double lifts a couple splits ago so they could survive relegations. And so... Uh, TL Odom won, so they had to lose this game to repay their uh, debt. And then also, if you look at the draft, there's just way too crazy of a draft for them to actually be trying to win that game. You're saying Team Liquid's uh, draft yeah, like was... They didn't, or, yeah, like they just gave Bjergsen Kali. Like, that's just pretty troll. Uh, Tony, you are frowning a lot here. Do you disagree, uh, at least on the draft uh, issue? <laughs> I think Tony bought in. I think he convinced him. Yeah. I, yeah I think there I'm... we go. Uh, um, what do you think about the draft? Oh, I'd have to go back and look at it. All I, 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 I don't... only watched the game. You, well, so, uh, I don't know if you remember, but basically, Akali was first picked, and then they blinded GP into Impact. They matched lanes, so I forget what TL had at this point, but they had their mid and jungle, or mid top and jungle taken. Bot lanes were completely open for both teams. There were a ton of marksmen and support fans, and then TL ended up, uh, they're red side, so they take Alistar, and then TSM answers with Pike and Swain, and then TL ends with... Tristana, uh, they hovered after, but they chose Tristana. I'm actually so impressed that you remember that all off the top of your head. It was a really cool draft, which is the main reason. How was it cool? Because, so, one, a lot of people have started blinding GP into uh, Impact because they're not really scared of him. Like, they're more scared of him playing a good tank for Doublelift than, like, punishing a GP. So, like, they tried to have the Rumble punish the GP, and it didn't really work out. Um, and then usually when people have the first phase the same in the draft, their bans aren't super like aggressive at targeting uh, power picks because they don't want to ban themselves out. But both teams actually still like kind of banned a lot of the power picks left up, which really shrunk both champ pools. But it was fine for uh, the side of TSM because they take a mage bot lane, which we haven't seen in a while. And then like they end up with like three midline or divey type champions in the GP like Swain and Akali. And then that really fucks the Ash pick that TL wants because if you take an immobile carry with no real protection against a GP Swain Akali, you just fuck. So they try and take Tristana. Uh, so there's, I thought there's a lot of really smart stuff going on in the draft by TSM to force TL into weird spots. Tony, what's your take? Pretty, pretty much the exact same as what Mark's. Like, like so as far as uh, I, I thought that, like actually watching the game. I thought that the Tristana pick was good and that actually Doublelift could have carried that game like really hard. But I think that um, he just made way too many mistakes in team fights. And then, I mean, I think outside of that. But what if what if the mistakes were intentional? Yeah, I don't. How? Okay, so I don't think the mistakes were intentional. I don't think there's any collusion going on. I mean, I even talked to. Well, I, I guess this wouldn't really matter because he would only answer one way. But I said to Doublelift, "You're going to be TSM today," and he said, "He said, yeah, we're going to." 
we're gonna put them in a tiebreaker, and if they go in a tiebreaker, they're gonna lose because that's what TSM does in every tiebreaker, which is still <laughs> mostly true. I think if you go back, if there was a stat, you go back and look at all the tiebreakers that TSM has been in, it's probably a losing record. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any collusion going on. Uh, but I would say that I, I just yeah, I thought that Double F could have carried the game. It was it was actually I really liked watching that match because it actually felt like there was a storyline. It was like. Bjergsen versus Doublelift, like who can 1v5 like harder for their team? And then yeah. it just ended up being Bjergsen because Doublelift, I think, misplayed too much. Like he didn't flash like this, like basic stuff in team fights that if he was like, if he played the game again, I'm sure like that game would be so different because he would just flash better. K272 in this scenario, is Peter in on the collusion? Uh, I mean, he has to be, yeah. Because this is my biggest issue is that I know, and I don't, Tony, I'm, I'm curious how Tony's known Peter for a long time too. Uh, Peter is just really bad at lying <laughs> and keeping things uh, under wraps. Yeah. Like you can go yeah. find a video of him leaking Kasing joining TSM by yeah. literally screaming Kasing's name uh, into the microphone while streaming. Uh, like any right. any collusion that would ever require... so. My understanding, uh, I've heard recently that in the investigation around Darshan getting poached by uh, CLG back in like 2015 or whatever, I, I think maybe Scar too, I forget the, the situation, yeah. that uh, like Peter was one of the ways they found out. <laughs> Tony's, Tony's laughing. I do have a counter. Okay. Uh, two so... I think it's an interview with you, actually. Okay. Where Doublelift mentioned how he doesn't even care about money anymore because he has so much money. Anyone with that much money getting paid by an org is not going to tell a secret. He's not going to... Sorry, what was it? Peter says what? Secret. You, you interviewed him when he came back from stream and he talked about he doesn't care about money anymore because he's made so much money. Oh, yeah. Maybe he made all that money to keep his mouth closed. It's a possibility. Oh, I see. So he, that he's was a sitting... Year ago. Well, that that was wasn't it a year or two ago when he went out to Team Liquid to get them out of relegations when this whole scandal started. I guess if you're connecting the dots yeah. from a year and a half ago, is it sort yeah. of like he? Well, and the idea would be that there was a get out of jail free card that was purchased essentially a yeah, year ago, and that uh, Peter and received a card like. But that seem that would imply that TSM knew that they were going to kick Peter at the end of the year and that he would end up on Team Liquid. And then, well, P- no, and I think he's saying just they said nothing to just, lose, so they figured they'd get a get out of jail free card in case they needed it in the future. For yeah, the, it was just the double lift to TL to get them out of relegations that got them to get out of jail free card. Okay, I don't believe this for a second. Uh, but I want to ask Tony actually this. But I enjoy the call a lot, by the way. I, just I enjoy say, the call. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it, but I'm uh, really enjoying this call. If I don't um, see this like montaged into like like yeah. with those like Illuminati things going all over the place, with the numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so one thing that happens is sometimes you get into like weird situations where like losing a game is technically more beneficial for you. Like uh, Clutch losing to Echo Fox was actually better for their chance in the gauntlet or something like that this yeah. last weekend. And you get those kind of situations. And so like, I don't know if Tony feels comfortable talking about this. I have a story, but I want to know, like, if Tony and his team has ever had talks about, like, should we really win this game? Or, like, the closest they ever got to throwing. Because I don't really think teams ever actually do that, uh, having no. been on one and, like, talk with players and stuff. But 
I wonder if Tony's ever like had one of those conversations with his team. I think there's been like only one opportunity where that's even been the case, and then we all mutually disagreed that we should just play our, our hearts out every single game that we ever play, and that one game shouldn't matter if we want to be the best team by the end of playoffs. Like we're gonna be the we're gonna have to beat everybody in theory, right? Like we're not actually gonna have to beat everybody because you don't see the other half of the bracket until yeah. the end. But like that's the mindset you have to have, right? Was yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Was it the game against us in summer 2015 for the number one spot? We t we tie broke for it, and you guys fucking felt like you rolled over and died. Was no. that when you guys had the conversation? Okay, because because that's the, the story I was thinking of is we tied you for first, and we knew TSM was uh, sixth or fourth or something. Uh, I forget, but either way, if 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 it worked out how we thought it would work out, we were going to end up getting TSM, and we played you guys in a tiebreaker, and like the winner gets to play, we'll probably have to play TSM, and then we we beat you guys, and we're like, did they even fucking try? And like we had the conversation like. Do we want to risk like this? Is this is this like a good thing to do? We're like, no, no, no. They're like the worst case scenario is like we we decided to do this and we fuck it all up and then like you know we get in trouble for this and we're like we get kicked out because we had a pretty good chance of making worlds that split anyways. Uh, so I didn't. Oh yeah. You remember wonder, this now? I wonder what stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I no 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 because we had that conversation. I guarantee you, both of us were both in our green rooms and we're just both having the exact same conversation. And yep. then it just came down to no, guys, we should just play our hearts out. And then we just fucking played awfully. Yeah. We, we, just, <laughs> yeah. we just played terribly. And then we just lost the game. And we were like, okay. by the way, I just want to say, like, well, it ended up being better for us anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then you play them in the finals. I just want to point out that the KT seventy two or K two seventy two is not. The first person who has been on the show, uh, the other person not, you know, didn't say this on the show, but there's been other people on the show before that have a history of accusing Steve of collusion. That is Kelby May in 2013. I think it was Team Curse. I think, I think if I recall correctly, Team Curse lost in a like pretty like wonky comp way at the end of the, the split to, I think it was Good Game University. I'm trying to remember. And kelby on twitter was like flaming the idea that like the the game was like that the teams were actually tryharding and that everything was well that uh, was also relatively fresh with the curse versus dignitas literal a ram yes. at an mlg yeah. final yeah so maybe so we know that teams under steve have a history of collusion the other thing k272 i would say to add to your your narrative here is that like i one I will say, like I saw Peter later on, he really wanted to beat TSM. He loved the idea of like fucking over TSM because it's Peter. Um, uh, but as I say that, you should consider the fact that I am a shill for the team owners, and and it is very likely that I am part of the conspiracy. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So you're acting exactly how you would act in that case, then. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We're all in on it, and we're like, and Mark. We're basically the WWE. Mark used to work for Team Liquid, and still, I think whenever I, I think I pay him to a, a Liquid email address or something like that. There's some, at some point in time, I was contacting him through a, a Liquid email address. Surprisingly, after he was gone, and Tony is looking for a job. And if you recall, at the start, I don't know if you were here before the show started. Z Tony was talking about how Peter brought him to CLG. 
and make, got him basically the jo- the coaching job on CLG. And so you were talking to three people who would very likely be in on this. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of fishy stuff going on here. Yeah. Travis, did you take an acid tab while I wasn't looking, and that's what gave you the revelation? Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying it adds. Like I'm just, a, I'm just asking questions here, Mark. That's all I'm doing. I'm just asking questions. You know. This is so funny. I will say there is a lot of history of uh, throwing games in esports. What, yeah, uh, that's true. I, I think the last legitimate time we ever saw anything like that uh, was with. Aptos team in Korea. There's a well, lot of CSGO funny thing. Enough, the yeah, funny thing CSGO Power. That happened, I think, more recently than... Oh, I was, talking, I was talking about the league scene. Oh, okay. uh, but funnily enough, uh, uh, an owner just played in an LPL match like two nights <laughs> ago. Did you hear about that, Tony? I heard about it. I didn't watch the match, no. Uh, yeah, he, he he's actually like Diamond 1 or Master 2, so he's like not god-awful, but like he subbed himself in for the AD carry player. And was like playing gin and like the final the final thing I will say is that in the past Steve has sent five thousand bits to the show. Right now we only have somebody the highest person has sent five hundred bits, not five thousand. So if if we see in the next five minutes five thousand bits come in from a Twitch username we don't recognize, it might confirm yeah. your conspiracy. K two seven two, thank you All so right. much for thank the you. call. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks. That one lasted a lot longer than I thought it was gonna. It was pretty good. Did anybody good. else notice there's an upside down triangle where it says Hotline League? Holy! That fuck. is the logo for the show. <laughs> doodly, doodly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You put uh, him back in the waiting room. Do you want to talk to him again later? <laughs> want to talk to who? You put the guy. The, the no, I just I couldn't figure. I was trying to click on his name and it wouldn't let me move him. So I just I. I right, panicked. Go, I needed right. to get him out of here. He was telling too many truths. I couldn't. Yeah. I needed to <laughs> shut him down. We're about to get exposed. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go get the next guy. Akataka, Akatama Music subbed. Setabor subbed. Austin Hearth subbed as well. Still no 5,000 bits. But if anybody wants to hover their cursor over the screen, you can also help me out here. It's just a test. Um, if you guys can help me test this feature, you just hover your cursor over the screen and hit the free Twitch Prime thing and you send it to this show. Uh, we've got Darking, Darking on the show. Hey, Laguna sent 5,000 bits. It's all true. Darking is on the show. Uh, Darking, welcome. Welcome. We've had you on before, I believe. Yeah. How's it going? Very good. Uh, Twitch sub. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Uh, remind me where you're calling from? Raleigh, North Carolina. There we go. North Carolina. What what do you got for us tonight? So um, we kind of talked about uh, C9 and the coaching decisions earlier, but I kind of wanted to like uh, two parts to the question. I guess was do, uh, from Zick's point of view, did he think that the meta shift back to more of like a normal uh, meta kind of like help C9 at all in like their rise as well? Because the timing kind of worked out, um, and also the other half of it being like. Did fixing the problems have more of an impact versus bringing back the star carries? So I guess it's sort of like a, a double part of like, which do you think was the bigger impact for C9's rise as a C9 fan? Well, from the outside looking in, you'd think that it would be the change, not in the meta, but like of the players. Like if it really did change 
the player's mindset to be more like open, I guess, more open, more competitive. Um, feel like you have to compete like heavily every single time that you go on stage and every single time that you play in scrims, like to have that feeling uh, reborn from like a person that doesn't have the feeling anymore will probably cause more change than like the meta as far as the results go. Uh, though I will say that initially, what I what I thought about C9 was that C9, when they started their like resurgence, they were like kind of playing like pretty easy comps, I guess I could say, like very like easy execution comps as far as like uh, like maybe there's like some small subtle like nuances that are like hard within the comps, like Kindred Zillion, you have to like communicate your ulti as well, but like that's about the only thing you have to communicate when you're team fighting is just like that small thing. And outside of that, the comp is super, at least from my point of view. Like you can, if you get a single mountain, you rush Baron, they can't really 50-50 because of the Kindred ulti trick. And they just kind of, uh, they got a, a lot of wins, I think playing similar comps over and over and over. Like they kept on playing supportive mids with Blabber playing super aggressive. And I thought that um, one, the, the meta did favor Blabber showing his aggression. Um, He's always been a very aggressive player. If you've watched his solo queue, he's just like always playing Zin Zhao. Um, he's like known for being a Zin Zhao player, which is like one of the most aggressive champs you can play. Um, so playing a supportive, like supportive champs with him in the mid lane, I think that uh, C9 did a really good job of recognizing Blabber's strengths and utilizing him well. So I think it's just like a combination of a lot of things. But um, if there was a huge attitude change from the subbing, then I think that that would be the biggest change uh, that improves C9. Okay, because I, th I thought the one of the correlations I noticed was also like, because uh, they went on the eight game win streak and that was pretty much at the time that the patch changed. I think there was like one game they played like the really old, like crazy meta uh, patch. And then it's, it felt like Sneaky was more locked into playing EDC's bottom um, and then uh, we got to see, um, even when like we brought um, since Garen back in, like he, he got to play Lee Sin, which wasn't like a meta champion up until like a week ago, or, or, or sorry, last patch. So um, I felt like, you know, when we were kind of stuck on the, um, I don't know, if we didn't have the patch change, I guess, is what I'm saying, if, the, if this whole split stayed the crazy meta that, you know, we had a Mage's bot, and you know, uh, or a bruiser bot. Um, I, I'm, I'm just curious, from your opinion, like, would you think, you know, we would have seen this resurgence from C9, or would you, kept, would you have seen other teams still um, be more towards the top? Do you think Echo Fox would have kept staying, like, you know, who he, or who he will play every position or kind of thing? To chime in here really quick, I actually think, like, not only, I think like the meta changing helped them, especially because they weren't playing the old meta like well at all they had like these really really weird comps where they had like four supported mages and an aurelia top and it's like a funnel strat that we don't funnel and we leave this guy in an island top and like yeah it somehow still kind of worked because the early games were nasty but they, their comps always sucked late and then they would always fail late and that's just like how every one of their comps seemed to feel it's like yeah we got another lulu it, and then like what no doesn't work and so like i think you could say the meta change definitely helped them because I think they probably looked even worse than they would have looked due to the meta, but to, I, I still agree with Tony largely. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought like those strats were all the licorice backpack strats and they just couldn't, he couldn't carry hard enough. 
Yeah, but there was like other teams allowing their top laners to carry that didn't have them doing that stupid like four supportive I mean, mage thing. Like, yeah, some teams just picked Aatrox top when it was like the split push Aatrox, and that's what they did. Hmm. Yeah, like you don't you don't need four supports to enable your top laner, <laughs> like that kind of thing. That's overkill for sure. Does that about answer your question? Yeah, um, I guess the other part of it would be, um, was this, you know, was this all Reapers doing, or how much of it was again? I guess the the team. Uh, if I had insight into the team, then I would tell you. But I mean, okay, yes. Fair. I guess like the the read I would make is I think that uh, Reaper did a good job at understanding their players like strengths and weaknesses and then uh like once the, the new meta changed as mark said um and just like kind of built comps based on that and i think it has made them a bit more predictable than they would like i think that recently the thing that i was impressed by was that they brought out like a different style with blabber and jensen and that it wasn't just you know like jensen's playing a supportive mage while blabber's playing a super carry like they played uh, Fizz Trundle instead, which is like more favoring Jensen being like the, the actual carry. I think that that was uh, really good for them as like a team that they're not super predictable because when we would draft against them, I'd always I always felt like I knew exactly what they were going to play because they felt very predictable. And then also, you could tell based on like solo queue and other scouting who was going to play that week in like on stage so it was never really an issue of like wow they have 10 people who are they going to put in right well also on thursdays you just find out because they're not going to play people from their academy team that are playing an academy in lcs they never once did that where it was like you know jensen played an academy then he played in lcs too so there was no like real concern i'd say that recently they've they've definitely impressed me a lot as far as uh you know showing they can play more than just that one style too Cool. Okay. Thanks. Thanks so much, Darking. Really appreciate it. And thanks for your support. Yep. Got three more callers and uh, an out coming up soon, so we got to run. Uh, Tipsy07 subbed. Lord Mardath subbed. Uh, Lagoonist sent $10 as well as his 5,000 bits. And it says that was from Steve. Now make this go away. And then RealFoxy1 donated $5 and said, join the new Ateo Discord. RealFoxy1, you can feel free to share that Discord in the twitch chat if you want uh raging pianist who is a person who plays the piano has yes. joined the call have you have you called in before yes yes i have okay well welcome back i, I, I forgot I, that I, name i yeah, I, I, remember. I know i mean because i've shouted out the name so many times as a uh, why are you shouting out raging penis uh because uh, they're uh supporting the show through twitch subscriptions which is uh fantastic where are you calling from, Raging? From Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Very good. And what would you like to talk about on the show tonight? So the last time I was on, I was talking to Parth. Um, and he wasn't coaching at the time. And he was basically talking about, like, I asked him what he thought about coaching and, you know, the whole uh, environment and everything. And he was telling me how he, like, funnily enough, now he's on stage. But he was talking about how much he disliked it, the workload, like, you know, how much time he has to put into it and that he would much rather not be a coach. He'd much rather be like an analyst or do something else in the organization because it's just, you know, he has basically no time that there's so much work that goes into it. And I want to know what Zix thinks about the workload and, you know, 
how he feels about his the structure of being a coach and the amount of time you have to put into it. I like the question. Um, so I would say for Parth, I'd say that, uh, well, I guess to compare both of us, I th I'd say that the way both of us kind of gone to the industry is like slightly different in the sense that like I essentially did free work like for years to even get considered for a position. Uh, so you can kind of tell like based on like my dedication for, or my dedication and passion of like what I'm willing to do. Unlike Parth, uh, you got a free ride. That's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unlike Parth, who just like YOLO'd it. No, like yeah. he came from like the, the actual job market. He understands like how, how things should be that if there shouldn't be an insane workload, you should have like balance. Right. Well, like me, I never have that. I, n I never had that balance. You know, I went from literally just like sitting in my room playing video games for like 16 hours a day and studying the game like during that time too. Syndrome. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like I never needed the balance. That's like what it came down to. So like me, I love this job because it has, I guess like higher highs than a normal job. Like being a manager, you don't feel like, you don't necessarily feel like it's on you. It's not like your mistake. And that's like a feeling that I hold on to like really heavily is like, I'll, I'll take the, the low lows, but I'm always going to seek like the high highs. So I'm willing to put in 16 to 18 hours a day, every single day, because it's what I love doing. And not everybody is going to want to do that, even if it's their greatest passion. Right. But like, that's just how I am. So I'm willing to put in the workload and that like, I 100% love this job and there's no other job I'd be doing. All right. So you would say that, like, from what I'm taking is accountability is very important to you. Is that what you're trying to say in most sense? Like most people don't want to be as accountable, like they don't because they don't if they put the time and the effort in, you know, they don't put as much as you, for example, you know, like you were saying, and they, you know, if something goes wrong, they kind of want to jump ship or something, you know, like, but as for you, from what I'm taking is you're more even before you were saying, you know, it's my fault. I recruited the players, you know, I should get fired for that. Like you're more accountable than other coaches per se. I wouldn't necessarily say that like everything is like accountability in my life. I would say that like, I do value accountability like very highly. Um, I wouldn't say that it necessarily like def defines who I am, I guess, like, like in mm -hmm. that way. Um, I I think Zix was talking more about dedication and accountability. Yeah. I think he said like he enjoys that it's a job with accountability, but like yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Like not f yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I just didn't work properly. Yep. Yeah, okay. like I I definitely for a period of time enjoyed the sixteen to eighteen hour grind seven days a week, um, and I still enjoy being much busier than the average person. I like don't have that many hobbies or other things I do when I'm not busy. So I enjoy being busy, but it's definitely a little much for me. Uh, but that's also, I also ended on a really bad note where I was not happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think okay. uh, right. it's like that, uh, what is the Batman quote? It's like, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Like that's kind of how like I imagine my career is gonna end is like i'm gonna be the one that that lives so long until i eventually become the villain and i'm pushed out tony do you gain wisdom or life thoughts from anything other than superhero movie quotes because uh, i think you said the great power comes great responsibility thing 
Uh, Wait, they're or... they're really good quotes, and also that's Voltaire too. It's not just Spider Man. Okay. Um, question for Tony: How many sports movies do you watch, and how much do you pull on those for coaching philosophies as well as like real world coaches? Uh, sports movies, I don't watch hardly any. Uh, I've I mean I've watched like all of the big ones like at least like one or two times. Did you watch Miracle? No. All right. I've never I... seen Miracle. This is this is. I talked to Nero. I think about this last week. Like, I think that's the movie everyone in NA should be like forced to watch because it's <laughs> it's like literally the story of NA versus Korea slash the world. And it's like, obviously, it's not going to translate one to one, but but like watch that shit with your team and then be like, all right, let's go play four thousand hours now in the next month. <laughs> <laughs> now we're I think, all motivated. I think yeah. NA should watch Lost in Translation, one of my favorite movies. Oh, I think it's movie. it's much better representation. It's just, you know, the West going over to Korea, Asia, China, and in the movie it's Japan, just feeling out of place, not knowing who they are, uh, just trying to figure out, you know, like a connection with another human being. People saying Miracle, it was like based on a true story. It's like nearly 100% true. Like, yeah, almost yeah. everything that movie was was like correct and they even cut out some of the more inspirational stuff because like they wanted it to climax at the right right time it's like it's it's unreal like they started training camp like months earlier than any team in like this in olympic for na like or american like history started training camps they like fucking worked harder than anybody they like took psychology tests and stuff like it's fucking crazy Lost in Translation stars Bill Murray and not going to help at all with women. Scarlett Johansson. It's her breakout. <laughs> yeah, Scarlett film. Johansson. Sophia Does Coppola. Recommend movies to Zix. I at least tied it into to the league and coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I, uh, outside of that, there's uh, there's this one really really good book that's called uh, The Captain's Class that I uh, I think about a lot because I think well basically the the concept of the book is that it the guy searched through all of the top teams of all time, like the all time greatest teams in, in like a bunch of sports. And like the first chapters are basically about how, <clears throat> how he determined each team, like which teams were the greatest. And he looked at what the teams had in common. Uh, and pretty much the book is about explaining to you all of the traits that the team had in common, which all came down to essentially like a team captain and a team captain that had specific traits. Like he was always willing to like push the rules uh, to maybe get like an extra like 2% on like winning the game. Like I'm not gonna say that, I'm not gonna tell a player that they should be thinking about a way that they could pause the game in game, but that would be like the League of Legends example is like if a player, <laughs> this is gonna be really absurd. So I'm just gonna make it absurd. If a player took a laxative before the game and said, in case, in case I need to pause the game, I have this as an excuse. Is it right? better to say they spill their water on their keyboard? Because that's... Or something like that. Because yeah, the yeah, spill yeah. the water on the keyboard was actually a thing for a while. Yeah, like, like that is a good example. But that would also only really... They'd just instantly clean it up and then it'd be like, whatever. But you'd I mean, actually... They would not really instantly clean pause. up the laxative. You're right. They would not act, They would not clean that up, especially if it happens on stage. Yeah. <laughs> well, they probably would have to clean it up later. But anyway, you get the point. The point is essentially like that's one of the traits, and there's a whole bunch of other traits that are like really important to uh, 
that they say is really important for like a team captain especially to have that will elevate the team to like a newer height Hey, we're running out of time, uh, Raging Penis, so we have to move on. But thank you so much for your call. Yep, thank you very much. Very inspirational. Thanks. <laughs> Did we lose somebody, Mark? Oh, okay. We already we almost lost Mark. Uh, Shiny Froki sub for resub for six months and says six months of that sweet sensual Travis. Thank you. Uh, the Elite is here. By the way, r- real quick, Elite. Sorry, I, I got it. Just one sec. Mark, did we lose somebody? No, I don't think so. Oh, I thought that there were two people in the waiting room. The Elite is here. The Elite, where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky. Yep. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, Basically, I think that the whole idea of a seven-man roster is something that's only beneficial in a short-term view, and I don't think that it's going to really provide anything um, after you know we've seen it a couple times and I think that you could fix it potentially by um, doing your picks and bans first and then deciding who plays the game yeah I had a I had a tweet about this I think it was it was like three months ago from a guy in Lexington yeah. Kentucky no 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 I tweeted like Tony oh you it. tweeted I, okay, yeah sorry. I tweeted this I was like how interesting would it be if you do the draft first and then you could choose what players go in, right? And then I realized how you could abuse that and decided probably it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> how could you abuse it? But like, so, if everyone can abuse it, then really, isn't it fair? Well, it might, even, it might not lead to a better situation. Yeah, like, exactly. hey, let's, re- let's remove uh, traffic laws. Now everyone can drive everywhere. And it's like, well, it's that's, fair. that's fair, but it's fucking awful. So anyways, go to your point, yeah. Tony. It's I mean it it's a change overall that wouldn't be healthy because teams would essentially have infinite champion pools or uh let's say you hired five one tricks and now you you're essentially forcing a team to ban let's say you have uh like you have revenge you're like a really good riven player, right? And like his ribbon's so good that he's going to demolish even LCS players in most matchups, right? Now, every single time that you enter a lobby, you're like, ha, it's a ban ribbon, right? And, like, you get enough of those types of players, and, like, what can they do, <laughs> right? Like, they have three bans in the beginning. There's so many OPs, right? On red side, you have to, in some cases, ban OPs. So it's, yeah, it's potentially, like, really damaging for that reason. But I think yeah, that but, um, what, there, so is, well, there is some potential to it that could make it good. But I think that it's good. We're not talking about, like, infinite rosters, though. I mean, it's still just a seven-man roster. And if you put, like, on your seven-man roster five one-tricks, I think you're going to have a really bad team. Yeah. So you're saying seven-man roster implying work. Because is Worlds even seven man? I think it's six man now. No, it's, it's six. still six man. The seven man thing was a, a test for like NA kind of thing, I think. Okay, I mean, keep it six man roster. Either so way, if, I still if it's think... six man, then that's okay. But then I think that that gives like really strong advantages to the teams that use the six man well, which then maybe is fine. But the issue is currently the NA LCS would be an absolute shit fest because it's not seven man or six man rosters. It would be a 10-man roster. You can sub in 
all you can sub in your entire academy team into NALCS if you wanted to. Think about how angry C9 fans would be then. Oh boy. I mean, like you could theor. So I'll play say two things. You could theoretically make this work if on game day you submit a six man roster and you can pull that from any of your ten man yeah. roster. If like, it's a six man, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But I think anything past six like just breaks the draft phase, and that's that's yeah. the, what you're doing with this. Is you're trying to make subs more important for some reason at the cost of the draft phase because like Tony's saying like okay I'll just get two one tricks and now two of your bands have to be these one tricks or maybe they don't but like that's suddenly changing it to like I'm trying to develop a cohesive strategy versus what I expect this five-man group to be um, versus like my draft phase becomes just ban out the generic power picks because who knows what they're gonna swap in and then ban out the really specific one tricks and then you never get to see them, and all they're doing is taking eating bans. So like you literally hire someone to force the team to ban things, and like neither of those are helping substitution. Like those aren't helping subs either. Like yeah. you're not actually fixing the problem. But you're also assuming that every team is just going to hire a one trick. Like it, take C9 for example, where you have you know Golden Glue. I mean, how often is he really going to sub in for Jensen? I mean, occasionally, sure, and you know maybe it's worked in the past. But that doesn't mean that it's something that you're going to keep doing on a regular basis. People are going to realize Golden Glue's champions and things like that. Yeah, but, but I'm not going to hire Golden Glue. I'm going to hire Heisendom, or I'm going to hire Revenge, <laughs> or I'm going to hire Tarzan. And, like, those are the guys I get. Okay, but, I mean, take it in, in this way, though. If you do get a Golden Glue and someone who can have a decent-sized champion pool, and then you can say, okay, now we just want you to really spam certain champions that are hard something that you know is a hard counter to say I, I don't know a hard counter to fizz that we want and we have a really hard time with fizz i want you to spam this champion that counters fizz really hard and now if we're on red side oh awesome we can use this this hard counter yeah so i think for for that purpose i mean so to take it away from the one trick conversation now so i think we've said uh, all of our our points on that i think for uh, let's say counter picks, for example, right? You could have one player that does like he's a mid laner that only does blind picks, and then one that only does counter picks, and he only practices counter picks. Then essentially, I mean, then it could it could make sense or it could be okay, but I still don't see the the benefit, I guess, of of being able to do that. Because you're still not training a better substitute. Like you're not making that guy better by making him only practice counter picks, and then he also won't have as much scrim time as the the the, the other guy hypothetically here. So like, I'm, I don't even think you're necessarily solving the problem that you perceive of like seven man things being a flash in the pan this way. I, I think I guess that's that's my point. This would also be an issue uh, because I remember one of the reasons they've said that they don't want to increase the amount of subs you can bring to worlds is that different regions have different. Um, budgets and player pools and all that stuff and so the idea that you would be able to sub teams in there are probably regions that or sorry sub players in after there's probably regions that would gain a pretty inherent advantage just because of the fact that they have access to more players either through budget or through the player base or whatever in that region am i wrong uh, no, I think teams like or regions like Vietnam is an example that they're more concerned with. I know we think a lot about NA, but like those kinds of regions that are not super lucrative and you're trying to scrape by and then you have to bring seven men on to a, a yeah. roster or something is, is not 
great. I think that's that's the line of thinking is like it's about the five guys and the team that they become more often than not, though. Whatever. But so I, I don't understand that. So earlier in the show, we were talking about, you know, how you want a team to be more cohesive and stuff like this. And I don't mm-hmm. see how this goes against something like that. You You want your backups to feel like they're contributing and you want them to feel like they have a role. I mean, I don't see I feel like this is a good role for backups to fill in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think like it depends what perspective you're talking about here. Like, I do think the substitute player is is now more conjoined with the group. I would agree with that. But like, that guy is not a better academy player. He's not a better starter. He's not a more well-rounded individual because of this system. I would argue. So then, what happens when you get a player who can contend for a starting spot on another team, but they're sitting behind someone like? Bjergsen or Jensen well hopefully they're they're making Bjergsen and Jensen better too by pushing them talking with them being incorporated into the main roster like what Golden Glue and Jensen are doing hopefully is is the goal I think yeah that would be the goal okay hey thank you so much we're actually running low on time we're a little bit over our limit but I, I appreciate the call thank you so much hey thanks for talking with me yeah have a good one and uh, that about wraps up the show. Mark, what do you got for us here at the end? I told you I had a hard out at ten, Travis. Well, I mean, but no. I don't. I can't go back in time. <laughs> Give me my seven minutes. Pay me extra. Um, I wanted to to get your guys' thoughts on some of the teams that didn't make it that won't be seeing anymore. This this split got Golden Guardians, Optic, and CLG. Right? We can talk about this in another show too, Travis, if you want. Sure. I mean, I kind of thing. yeah, it's, I, it's it, it feels a, a really like a really good time to bring it up now. But I do think it you said you had a hard out and uh, we are we are getting later. Yeah, I don't think we cover that in five minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> other than that, uh, rest I in would, peace, teams. I still want to talk about it because there's some juicy shit about a lot of those teams. And what does that mean? You forgot to say clutch, by the way. You said clutch. three teams, and I was thinking the whole time I was like, what was "No, Clutch that? can still make it through Gauntlet." Clutch can technically qualify. Oh, you're right. Because right. if, if FlyQuest loses in quarters, they still have the more points than them. Wow, interesting. Okay. They're gonna win worlds. Did you see how they looked last week, dude? They they're a, good. They have a chance. They're, they're ready to go. They have a chance. Uh, but anyways, I, I I heard some some interesting stuff about which team. Some of the teams. I don't know. I'll, I'll tease it for next week, guys. Tune in. You're gonna drop. You're gonna drop some stuff. Just like, come on, bro, stuff. Oh, but some stuff that hasn't that. isn't out there right now. It's not out there right now. And you're gonna. But it will be on the next episode. I mean, like I have in the past opened my mouth about rumors or gossip I've heard. That is pretty substantiated, and this is another thing that I think. Okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna have Kobe on the show probably next week, so we'll see. If it's going to get weird. Perfect. It's not about Kobe, so it's probably not going to get weird. Okay. Uh, Mark, you got anything to plug? Anything to put out there? Nope. I'm going to play a fuckload of WoW tonight, and then uh, that's about it. Tony? Me. Nope. I have nothing to say. It was... Uh, you got nothing? Okay, fine. I'll say stuff. I was surprised that I didn't get a bunch of really uh, negative or ridiculous questions. Like well, you want you got a couple. One of them was. I think, I think Mark did a good job at uh, making sure the questions kept the episode interesting. 
I just wanted to say that. Mark, did you get? Were there options there, like insulting callers that you could pulled for Tony? I didn't. I didn't see a ton. Generally speaking, people you'd be surprised. Generally speaking, people are afraid. And Parth was, you know, he he did a number on this audience. They're never gonna. But uh, like generally speaking, people are too. They're not confrontational. They're confrontational on Reddit, and then they come on the show, and the most they ever do is like, "Well, I just don't. I don't see." That, that that way respectfully you know yeah i mean honestly that guy who said like you got you shouldn't have got fired because your players suck basically like you know that was the closest thing we had and i think you navigated most of that oh, stuff or, really and, well. except for that one time we had a, a journalist on the show who decided yeah to, that's that's funny yeah uh all right other than that <laughs> thank you so much to tony thank you so much to mark uh, I really appreciate you coming on, Tony. It's great. For all those that don't know, Tony like basically refuses to do content uh, and has for years because he's afraid he's going to say something that will give somebody else an edge. Uh, but now he's happens more than people think. Which yeah, and it and now, but he's got nothing to lose now, so he can come on the show and just share a bunch of stuff. You scared your right, cat just right. now when you laughed. Your cat yeah. like jumped. That up. happens a lot. She's she's uh she gets scared easily. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, thanks so much to Tony. Uh, for me, uh, Playmakers Episode 4 comes out tomorrow. Um, that's going on. Hotline League will go up. I'm going to Vancouver this week for TI. So I'll be in Vancouver until Friday night. Come back for uh, League of Legends this coming weekend. And uh, a lot of new people, a lot of new faces in the chat. Please give the channel a follow if you are uh, Join new the Discord, here. too. Yeah. Um, oh, really quickly, thank you to uh, MattCom for the bits, Pluto7443 for the sub, and Jingle1996. Stick around. I'm going to be on the stream for a little bit longer. Uh, and that is Hotline League Episode 41.